Everyone, thank you and welcome to the sixth episode of Bolts and Bolts. This is a, a special occasion, as they all are. Um, but today we've got a super special guest, which is Brian Bowers. And Brian, can you tell everyone who you are? Hi, I'm Brian Bowers, president at Hypercraft. Yeah. So good to be with you. This, uh, I mean, Volts and Bolts. Yeah. Like, this is a special occasion for me. Yeah. We're going to do this a little differently than I normally do. I usually just go off the cuff, ask questions, we kind of let it flow. But because you have a unique position on the executive team, I know you have insights that uh, some of our customers or other employees just might not have. And so I want to make sure we cover some some specific topics that I think you have some good um, expertise and knowledge on. So we'll go through a couple of those. Uh, tell us your background. Your, I mean, obviously you have a personal background and a business background. Sure. Just give us, tell us who Brian Bowers is. Sure. Uh, personal background, I, I grew up in a little farm town in, in Western Idaho called Parma. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a great opportunity to just learn how to work hard. We had a farm and, and grew up farming and just uh, doing those things. <laughs> what, did, what did you farm? Uh, we farmed onions and alfalfa seed and, and sugar beets and wheat. And nice. No Parma potatoes. Jean, though. No, no Parma. Parmesan. We did not grow okay. Parma Jean. Okay. <laughs> it's not a plant, is it? <laughs> it's no, it's not okay. But that's cheese. Okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's cheese. It's yeah, cheese. Yeah. yeah. That's totally good. Uh, I went to BYU for my undergrad, so not too far away from here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really fun, actually, to be back in the shadow of the of the Mountain West, right? And the uh, this area is just beautiful. Uh, from BYU, I went on to a company called Raytheon and got into defense aerospace, and really that really piqued my interest for technology and for the, this, this kind of technology that we're doing, actually, like cool. hardware and software, complicated uh, engineering and controls systems. Mm -hmm. So pretty, pretty fun stuff. And what, is your, what was your specialty? What did you graduate in? What did you do at Raytheon? What's, what was that path? Yeah, at Raytheon, I was a, an engineer helping teams of engineers actually to improve their their designs. Uh, so we were doing all sorts of uh, process and design improvement methodologies. I ended up doing their their Lean Six Sigma black belt program and really got got into that. But also some of the business had some opportunity to do some business development and and uh, projects at the business unit level, which was fantastic, real op real opportunity. I went on to graduate school at MIT and did nice. a master's of engineering and an MBA there and came out really uh, excited to go attack, you know, business and engineering problems and really was looking at different opportunities. Ultimately ended up working in a private equity firm uh, with with the opportunity of helping grow and improve the businesses that were their portfolio companies. These were all medium sized businesses. So, uh, some of those, some of those being 30 million in revenue, some a hundred million in revenue, but in that range companies that were growing up and that, that was here in Lehigh oh, cool. actually Sorensen capital and, uh, went to work for one of those companies, which is mighty light here in Orem. Mm -hmm. And so it really gave, gave me an opportunity to learn the ropes and understand the whole of the business. Uh, first started just working in, in various manufacturing and engineering roles and then became the chief operating officer there 
we we led together just a great team there led together a manufacturing transformation and then a new product set a set of new product introductions that really helped launch the business forward out of the great recession so wow very cool really really kind of cool then i went on to an e-commerce company that really got me into the e-commerce side of the world it was a, a beauty related company and uh, again the, the opportunity to learn e-commerce and how that works and i was their chief operating officer that segued into another e-commerce company which was a shipping and, and e-commerce fulfillment company that i had the opportunity to help grow it was a Great team, an amazing outcome, growing it from $200 million to $550 million. And then that was sold to Maersk, the, wow, the global shipping yeah. company, who wanted to get more into the e-commerce, get inland from the, the ports into into the uh, e-commerce business. So anyway, that was, that was fantastic. Very cool. When I came to Hypercraft, I really was looking for an opportunity to get back to those roots of technology, engineering, sophisticated systems. And that's what I really found at Hypercraft. Super great opportunity to to do something that's it's hard to do, but to do that for our customers in a way that, that allows them to do their business while not having to worry about the EV system. And I, I think that the, the market for that's uh, amazing and the customer base for that's amazing. And the opportunity for us is is also amazing yeah so i totally agree i i mean i because i work at hypercraft i can see the thread where the different places you've worked can benefit what we do here but what excites you most about taking the experiences that you've had and bringing them here what what's the what do you see as the most beneficial thing to bring with your your time here yeah i think i think what i bring is that really the that is that the question? Yeah, what like, I bring, kind of. I mean, you've been at Raytheon, you've been yeah. at you know e-commerce and beauty and shipping and all these kinds of things. So yeah. I can see a connection through all of those things through what we're doing. But what what are you, now that you're here and you're you're running things and you're seeing what's going on? What do you perceive as being the most valuable thing that you can bring from that past experience? Yeah, I I think the most powerful thing that I bring and and also that I see the opportunity to help is that this is this is a company that's growing it's in this growth stage and having seen companies come through this a few times uh in the past is just i feel like knowing how to take those steps and and do that activity in something that is technology heavy that that is uh, engineering intensive um and and customer like understanding what the customers need and actually bringing our products into those customers is like, I mean, th those are the pieces that I'm excited about, but also that I feel like I've seen and done in my career and that opportunity to help grow the business, help, help really Jake and his making his vision of what hypercraft can be making that a reality really is what excites me. Yeah. And I, I don't know everything that you do, but the fact that I don't see you that often, you're always running <laughs> to a meeting or you're in your office. To me, that's like, oh man, Brian's going for it. You know, yeah, yeah. first guy in, last guy out. Like there's obviously a lot to do here and you have dove in straight in, you've dived straight in. Yeah. And I think that's super exciting. And, I, and 
I see the benefits of, you know, your leadership, which is I'm super grateful for. And, you know, just seeing the processes and the improvements and the the way that you're helping Jake, you know, grow as a leader and as a, as a business leader. Uh, it's just super exciting. So I, I really appreciate, you know, your time and sacrifice that you've brought to this company. So it's super exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. It's a, it's a great team. It's a real fun team to be part of. It is. So, I, I totally agree. Uh, I love that. And a growing team. So and a growing it's, team. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. um, okay, Brian. So I have some hard hitting journalistic questions that okay. I'd like to run past you. Uh, I think you're well prepared to speak to some of these questions that I think our customers have, that the media might have, that maybe even some of our employees have, you know, because they see the news and they understand how, you know, the EV industry is exploding, but also somewhat volatile. So let's talk through some of the questions that I think people are asking themselves and wondering, you know, what makes Hypercraft different or special or unique in this environment. So, okay. So there are a lot of companies that have uh, have started in the EV industry um, that have, you know, grown, you know, valuations and things like that, but they've ended up either, they've ended up either struggling or they've ended up, you know, going belly up and just going out of business, which is, is, is incredibly unfortunate, but you know, then you have the people like Tesla that they're making huge successes and, and uh, but there are other companies, you know, that have put a lot of effort and work into it and have done and made great things, but they just haven't been able to quite make it uh, in this industry. So, what specifically about Hypercraft is different than some of those companies that are struggling or that have just plain old gone out of business? Sure. Logan, I think first we need to understand what's happening in the industry and in the market. So you take some of these companies like like Lordstown or Proterra that went bankrupt or Nikola, who's, who's been struggling a lot. And what you see is that these are all companies that tried to take on the whole vehicle. And it it takes so much money and resource and infrastructure to build a, a complete vehicle. And Tesla was able to do it. Rivian's been able to do it, Lucid. Uh, but we're talking about tens of billions of dollars of investment. And I think there were a lot of followers of, of the Tesla model into the marketplace where, hey, we're, we're so excited to bring out this new car and we're, it, it's amazing, it's electric. Um, and then they got into it and realized we don't have tens of billions of dollars of capital. And, and so then you saw the bankruptcies and you saw uh, the rush to get cash somehow, the rush to the SPAC market to try to generate some of that cash. And then that, that actual business model itself was, was, is, is defunct uh, because the SPACs only produced a fraction of the money that was needed Hmm. Uh, from the public markets and because of the rules about raising an, an IPO going public that limited what they could do in a short-term basis and so real really hmm. restricted those businesses in a, in a real interesting way so understanding that that we are not going after the complete vehicle we we do not want to try to build a vehicle um, that is a super capital intensive activity but what we want to do is give our customers the opportunity to make an electric or a hybrid vehicle without having to build the powertrain. We've done the research and development. We've taken on the cost of doing that uh, through our own investment activities. And as we have that effort and that all that engineering work, all that effort to bring a complete powertrain system to market, then we're able to provide that 
to any vehicle manufacturer doing whatever it is that they do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's super exciting, super fun for us. And, and we, there's just so much demand for it. Um, and our, our customer base is evidence of that. So I think, I think it's a really interesting problem that's been going on in the marketplace and, and Tesla's success actually fostered a lot of fast following and it has not gone well for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always liked that we've used the term here that it's, we let our customers be the experts in their vehicle and we're the experts in the powertrain. Right. You know, you know, race cars or defense vehicles or marine products better than we know any of those things. Right. So we will empower you with the propulsion system that you need and that you're asking for to do what you know your vehicle needs to do. So I've always enjoyed that kind of relationship. And I think that's why we have such good relationships with our customers because we do this together. You have to tell us what you need and then we work with you to give you what you need. And I think that's kind of exciting and ultimately creates the, you know, the best product. And so that's why it's so cool that we've, we've developed those 18 powertrains that we have where now we can provide those to people knowing that they are uh, proven and uh, tested and you know, ideal for some of the situations that they're already you know, encountering. So it's, it's pretty exciting. So. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I actually really like our approach with our customers of saying, tell us tell us the power that you need, mm -hmm. tell us the range that you need, and then tell us what options you need. And for us to be able to then take from a standard group of powertrain options and be able to provide that solution, that's yeah. that's totally unique. Yeah, and it's nice because one size does not fit all. There, there, are, there are many EV powertrain issues that need to be solved and that's why we have a, a slew of options from, what is it, 150 to 1,100 horsepower, right. you know, marine grade, you know, military spec, all these different kinds of things that we can make suit whatever customer needs. So I think it's kind of exciting that we have the variety that we do. So um, cool. Anything else on that one? I, I was just going to highlight that, you know, in, in those ranges, you know, the, the, the mid-market OEMs constitute a huge variety of vehicles. You mentioned the, the defense vehicles. We're talking about very large transport trucks that the, the U.S. government is looking to make hybrid. Uh, they, have, they have goals that they are trying to reach, and we have the opportunity to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a, a street application like Elkington Electric with their amazing Mustang, you know, street Mustang, 1,100 horsepower, and the opportunity to help them reach that objective. You have it's a small watercraft where you're putting a 130 horsepower motor into um, that kind of application and meeting all of those inside of kind of a standard powertrain approach. And if you look at our catalog, you can see these 18 powertrains, uh, each of them divided into these verticals, but all sharing common components and common approaches mm -hmm. to a complete system. Yeah. So, which is yeah. beneficial in the long run for customers who are, you know, scaling or, you know, creating other lines They can, you know, there's, there's part sharing and there's all these kinds of things that can cut costs down and things like that. I mean, right. I'm a marketing guy, right. so that's what I understand. I don't <laughs> know if that's correct, but you know, it seems like there's a lot of benefits in the long run that is um, correct. of doing it that way rather than being bespoke and unique and custom every single time, which is just costly and time consuming. So that is correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um, all right. So Brian, we use the term uh, at Hypercraft that we are uh, vehicle agnostic. Um, can you just 
explain to us what that means and why that's important and how it might relate to, you know, some of those other companies that we had talked about. So yeah, that, that part of being vehicle agnostic really speaks to this, this catalog approach, this multiple, uh, this multiple uh, powertrain systems being available to lots of different individuals. So, so we don't so much care whether this is going into a small vehicle or a large vehicle, because we have the breadth of product to actually cover those different those different vehicles, and you know we're not pigeonholed into one specific vertical because we actually are able to cover all of the verticals, you know, not tied to a specific vehicle. Um, one, of the, one of the other things about that is that we have a flexible architecture in the way that we provide our products. So our battery packs are modular. So if you need more range, we add more battery packs. Or you need more power or horsepower, we add more battery packs um, or, or right size to what the need is. So we can cover a lot of different vehicles in that way without without having to make a bespoke battery pack for although we do do that for higher volume clients but the ability for anyone in the middle market to be able to say i i need a certain power and us be able to give them our you know our battery packs that actually fit that need uh, to deliver that kind of power to pair that up with the right motor and inverter to actually make that possible for them and then to control that in a way that's that uh, our software can controls for them is super valuable and it doesn't matter which you know what the vehicle is yeah. uh, the batteries also can they they are made in a way even at the module level to accommodate either either power or range so we can even change that by vehicle that we're going into and that once again it, we're, we're agnostic to the vehicle. The needs and requirements of the customer are what we're really focused on. And we're able to meet that through these these configurable uh, approaches with our batteries and motors and, and inverters and all the pieces. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been going to the SEMA show in Las Vegas since the first time Hypercraft went. And, you know, the, the common question is, is will this fit in a XYZ, whatever, you know? Right, will, right. Can, can this work for a XYZ? And, you know, at, at the first show, we were like, yeah, we can make it work in anything. Um, and as we've progressed, the answer is still yes. It, yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. well, what about this one? Yes, it can, you know? And I think that's what's a, such a cool solution is the customer decides the power they need. They decide the range that they need, you know, and, and all the other things. And so, yes, the answer is yes, this will fit what you want it to do. And it's that's I think that's great for customers like you mentioned uh, Elkington. You know Elkington, they've got that 1,100 horsepower dual motor electric vehicle, mm -hmm. but what also fits is a 600 horsepower single motor rear wheel drive vehicle. You know, so yes, it will fit. It'll fit whatever you need it to. And I think that's really exciting. So, um, yeah, and I, I we, we use agno agnostic all the time. And I, I think some people are like, what does agnostic mean? And it means yes, yeah, we can make it work for what you need it to do. And there are options to, for you to choose what that means to you. So it's kind of cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, even down to a personal two-seat personal watercraft with only two two battery packs in yeah. it, right? I mean, it's like we're, we're going from that range all the way up to this very, very large military tactical truck. Yeah. And it's, on, it's, it's modular, you know? It's 
you know, the same packs that go here go there. You know, it's just a matter of what, how you put them together and that's right and how you make it work. So that's very cool. All right, thanks for explaining that to us. Okay, so Brian, you've you've talked about the hyper pack, which is our uh, modular EV battery, um, and how that can fit into different applications. Uh, I think this, I think the hyper pack is something that is really exciting that some people may not quite understand how exciting it really is because one of the biggest hurdles that we hear from our customers is I need batteries, I need energy storage, right. and I don't have a lot of options. You know what? what do I use? You know, do I get Tesla batteries? Well, obviously that's an option, but if you want to create more than one or two or three vehicles, that's going to become a problem after a while. Um, and so just quickly explain to us what the Hyperpack is, why it's important and how it fits into the ecosystem of the Hypercraft complete powertrain system. Sure. So the Hyperpack is our energy storage system. It's a modular system, a pack-based system. Uh, it comes in three different variations. So one that's a seven kilowatt hour, uh, one that's tw one that's ten, and then one that's twenty five. And so the the largest size uh, enables you know different kind of duration, uh, you know, um, different different range. Obviously, if you put those into a series, we have the ability to put them into series and parallel. Uh, to create the kind of either power or or range that is needed by the customer. And those three batteries are are different in physical dimensions, right? They are. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And then they have they have the features on them that make sure that they're OEM grade. High high voltage connectors, fusing, contactors, interlocks that allow these to be very safe. Uh, we use we use we pot all of the modules in a fireproof foam mm -hmm. so that in case there ever was a thermal event um, that's contained to the pack, we have uh, thermal and thermal that, management. That contains down at the cell level sometimes too, right? That's so, correct. So it doesn't propagate. So all the, all the cells are encased yeah. in foam yeah. individually. And then uh, we, have, we have chilling or chiller plates or, or uh, thermal plates that we actually run both heated and cooled um, coolant through. And that allows for us to control temperature, allows a vehicle to be kept, the batteries to be kept uh, viable in cold weather, but also keeps temperatures down uh, either in hot weather or in a high performance environment. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are really important features in terms of having a battery. These are high performance, can be, 400 volt, 800 volt, and depending on the way that they're connected, 600 volt as well. Mm -hmm. But to be able to put that application into 300 amp discharge scenarios, the types of scenarios that a, an Elkington car, 1100 horsepower car can take advantage of or, or our other applications, you know, these, these, the ability to uh, discharge in a high performance way and still maintain safety is that that's a key to our packs. And again, having those different sizes and different ways of connecting the batteries and then managing down to the module level, how those batteries are made, uh, how the packs are made, then allows us really to control all those, all those variables. Um, the packs also have a battery management system that's constant, constantly monitoring temperature and resistance inside the ba batteries as well as state of charge. 
So that's all being fed back to our software, and that allows us to control uh, and watch for any anomalous activity. Again, safety being paramount, but also performance being paramount in terms of how do we get the most out of these battery packs? How do we deliver the most to our customers in their applications? Okay. Real quick, just walk us through um, the availability of the HyperPack because I, I obviously it's part of the complete HyperPack system, but it is sold separately too, right? Yes. And can you just explain that real quick? Because like I said, some people are looking for batteries and yes. they can't find that solution. So it's also something that we offer. So just explain that real quick. Our HyperPacks are offered as a standalone product as well. What needs to, a customer who wants the batteries will need to understand that there is uh, some connectivity, you know, in terms of our battery management system that has to be connected up in a way that they can manage those batteries, take that information in and, and utilize that information and, and control what's happening in the batteries. So that that's just, that's the one thing that people need to understand as they're looking to buy batteries is that it's not it's not quite the same even though it's not that much different but it's mm -hmm. a little bit different than taking your duracell and mm -hmm. just putting it in your flashlight right yeah because we want to control what's happening at the demand of the system and so so that's that's really just the, the thing to be aware of is that these are available we are producing them they're available to the marketplace uh to anyone who has those needs but they will have they will need a little bit of sophistication in in terms of how do we mm -hmm. make use of these through uh, the battery management system and, and through that low voltage connectivity to the battery. But like you said, that that sophistication is is intentional because of safety and Absolutely. performance and protecting the system and all those kinds of things. So it, it totally makes sense, and that's part of the OEM grade that you mentioned. That's so, right. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, is there anything else you want to cover? I know you're a busy guy. Um, so you got to keep going, but is there anything you want to cover before we end? Yeah, I think I, I want to come back. I want to circle back to the industry and where it's at. Uh, again, we have a lot of people. We're, we're seeing a lot of news. And like you mentioned at the very beginning, a lot of news about, hey, everyone's going toward electric vehicles. There are tons of uh, government mandates that are pushing toward electric vehicles or zero emission vehicles. That includes hybrids. We, we produce hybrid powertrains as well. So that's something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. But this this uh, push then means that there's a whole direction and we see so many OEMs looking for solutions and not knowing where to find them. But also knowing that they can't invest the millions of dollars it takes to develop just a powertrain mm -hmm. when they already have a vehicle that, that they're using, whether that's a, a boat or... Uh, a truck or they're doing conversions or, or whatever they're doing. Um, we see also a lot of news about uh, EV vehicles not, not selling as well in the marketplace or, you know, the Ford Lightning is, is an example where the number of trucks ordered are, are, you know, going down and down and down. Part of that, I think what people lose sight of is that part of that is a product market fit for those products. You know, there is a question of whether the normal, uh, the the, the uh, ideal customer profile of an F-150 owner actually wants to do electric, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that those kind of things, those are the questions that really come down to, like, is the product the right product? And because we see Tesla and its massive success, 
And, and clearly they got it right when it came to identifying their customer and actually going after that. We see, we see BYD out of China mm -hmm. over, overtaking Tesla in market share for electric vehicles. Clearly they have a, a thing that they're doing that's going well. So when we see some of these examples of things not, not going well, there are other factors in play that we need to be considering. But when it comes to what, what does someone, either these companies that took on the complete vehicle and have failed or, or really struggled because it's such a massive lift, um, those, those kind of customers, really, there is help for them. There is the ability to get to electric or hybrid without having to do it yourself. And I think that that really, these are some key things to be thinking about. And, and really that, that fit that Hypercraft has in the marketplace is to address exactly those kind of needs. So I think, I think those are things that are, you know, pe people are thinking about this and they see the headlines and they, they, they question and wonder, but there are a lot of issues that sit under that that really are affecting it. And that's, that's what I'm excited about is that we're enabling those, those manufacturers in a, in a different way, in a new way that actually makes them more successful, gets, improves their speed to market. They get the opportunity to test their concepts without undergoing so much of the intensive costs uh, that, that they've been facing. And hopefully, hopefully what we do at Hypercraft makes them more successful and gives them the opportunity to succeed. And they, in turn, are helping us to be a successful company, a high growth uh, company uh, that, that we expect to continue down that path for a long time. So yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you. I mean, if you were my wife, I would try to get the last word in, but I'm not going to because you're my boss and I'd rather <laughs> let you have the final say. So I, again, appreciate you coming and making time for us because I know you are very busy. I knew you would bring, you know, special insights that we could not get from other people. So thank you for thinking through that and sharing with us um, and, you know, answering a lot of questions that I think a lot of people are asking right now. So thanks for taking the time and awesome. hopefully we can get together with you again in the future awesome. uh, for an update as we have some, you know, new things coming out and some new opportunities. So great to be on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time for the next episode of Volts and Bolts podcast, but until then check us out online. So thanks guys. See ya.